This is the Flavor of Leadership podcast. I am your host, Clint Hoops. Together, we explore the unique blend of leadership wisdom that helps top leaders consistently achieve work goals, develop personally, and find fulfillment with family. Let's get started. This is episode number 38. It is summertime right now, and here in here in southern Utah where I live, that means it is plenty warm. Actually, today the high is supposed to be 117 degrees, which for us, you know, we don't get too much hotter than that. I mean, it, that is that is quite warm. And, you know, typically here in southern Utah, it actually cools down in the evening, which is a nice thing. I know I've spent time down in Phoenix, and down in Phoenix, you know, they get even hotter than we do. And in the evening, it doesn't seem to cool down. It stays hot. You know, many times I've been in Phoenix in the summer, and it's still well over 100 degrees in the middle of the night. That actually happened to us yesterday. I was, it was later in the evening. I was thinking, wow, it is so hot. I looked at the thermometer and 106 degrees, you know, after 10 p.m. last night. So, which is a little abnormal for our area. The one good thing about summertime is it gives us a great excuse to spend time in the pool, try and get cool. And with that, we also love in our in our family, we love to do barbecues like many people do in the summertime. This last weekend, we actually we actually did a little barbecue and smoked some meat. I, I do that's one of my hobbies. I do love to 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 smoke meat. And in smoking meat, there's an interesting thing. If you've never smoked meat before or cooked some of those, you know, big, big chunks of meat like a like a big pork shoulder or or a brisket, you find that when you do those there's an interesting thing called a stall. So you'll be cooking this big piece of meat, right? And, and, and you're cooking it at a low temperature. So, you know, somewhere between, you know, 225 to 250 degrees, and you'll do it for a long time. So depending on the piece of meat, you may be smoking a, a pork shoulder or a brisket anywhere from 10 hours up to 18 hours, sometimes even more in some cases if it's a really large piece of meat. And the interesting thing is, is that every piece of meat is a little bit different. So some pieces of meat will cook a little faster than others, and others just take a while to be able to, to get to the temperature they need to go to. I like to cook my you know, pork shoulder, I like to cook it to over 200 degrees, you know, about 203 degrees. Everyone has their own little sweet spot, right? Some it's a little lower, but somewhere around that 200 degree mark is where people like to cook their, cook their pork. But what always happens inevitably is while people are cooking their pork or their brisket, these big pieces of meat, there is a stall. And the stall happens somewhere between about 150 degrees to 170 degrees. So I remember the first time I was smoking a large pork shoulder. That was one of the first things I smoked as kind of a long cook that I was smoking on my on my new smoker a number of years ago. And I remember somebody was telling me, hey, don't worry. You know, here's the temperature you need to cook the meat at. And this is how long it's probably going to take. Keep the thermometer in there and make sure that you don't worry when you hit the stall. And I'm like, okay, what's the stall? And they kind of explained a little bit. Well, don't worry. It'll, it'll sit there for a couple of hours. And they kind of told me around 150, 160 degrees, somewhere around there. It'll stall out, but don't worry too much. It'll, it'll get out. It's funny. Even though somebody told me that, when I was doing my first cook, I remember it rose, the temperature rose so quickly. All of a sudden, it was, you know, 50 degrees or so, the temperature. All of a sudden, it raised to 80, 90. It was going super fast. I'm thinking, man, I've only had this in the smoker for an hour or two, and already the temperature's rising quickly. 
this is going to be done way too soon. I'm planning on, you know, 10, 12 plus hours to cook this meat. And then just like the person told me, it hit, you know, hit the stall and sat there and only raised a couple of degrees over the course of several hours. And even though they told me exactly what was going to happen, I still got worried. It was my first time cooking this. I think, oh, man, you know, they said there'd be a stall, but this seems like it might be way too long. You know, what did I do? Did I mess it up? Am I, am I going to ruin this big piece of meat? Is it going to get it done on time? You know, is, is my smoker broken in some way? Is my thermometer wrong? All of these different things were going through my head because I thought, what's going to happen? And then, you know, after a few hours, it did, in fact, start rising again, and and the temperature got done, and and I remember the meat actually turned out great. You know, it was it was it was perfect. But later, as I gained more experience, I I realized, okay, how to better get the meat through the stall if I need to. You know, if I if I need to, you know, get it done a little faster, or what I need to do. But but really, what I really learned is just how to be patient. Just how to be patient. I had all the knowledge I needed. I had all the information and data I needed with the temperature. And I even knew that this was going to happen. But still, I, I got impatient. It seems like our whole lives we're told to be patient, patient, patient. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, being patient as we're trying to make changes, some of these positive changes we're trying to make with ourselves, with our teams. And so our whole lives we're told to be patient. We've even likely all been told that patience is a virtue and all these different things. But all of this... I think we've I think really we've been kind of ruined by our fast-paced society, right? It it definitely doesn't instill patience with us. We don't have to be patient very often. You know, with Amazon Prime and all these things, we're just ex- we expect to get things quickly. Even if we don't need them quickly, we want them quickly with with Amazon Prime. And really I find it much more easy to be patient when I have knowledge And my expectations are clear. So Amazon Prime, for instance, if it tells me that it's going to, my package is going to be here in two days, then goodness gracious, if it's not there in two days, I'm, I'm, I'm ticked. I'm like, what in the world happened? And heaven forbid it should take an extra day when, when in the past it used to take seven to 10 days or more for us to get a package. But yet it's different when you go to somewhere like a doctor's office. Right? I have no expectation when I go to a doctor's office that it's going to be anything but a long wait. I'm incredibly surprised when I go and it's, and it's quick. And so it's just all about the expectations that are set with our own mind and where we are. And, and also understanding of the time frame we're talking about and, and having that knowledge. I, I know you may have young children like I do. If not, you may remember when you were a young child and how the world worked, how everything seemed to take forever, and everything seemed to require patience. And I think part of that was because we didn't understand time very well. I know it's that way with, with my young children. Right now I have my little boy Matthew just had his sixth birthday recently. It was crazy. I mean, for the last you know couple of months leading up to his birthday, he would constantly ask, how long? How long? How long to my birthday? How many days? How many days? How many days? And we would say something like, look, it's still two months. He's like, two? Two months? And in his mind, he, he's getting better at understanding the way time works. But he you know, here's the number two, and two's not very big. So that's close. And I'm like, no, that's 60 days. And he's like, 60? What? 60 days? And, and so that seemed like an eternity for a, five, a five-year-old about to turn six. 
And then we were coming up days before his birthday, and he was always asking, okay, how many more days? And he'd, he'd ask multiple times a day. And we got to the day of his birthday, and he'd be asking, how many hours until his birthday party? And how many minutes? And just just always wanting to know. He's just so eager for the knowledge to know. And it's funny now, his birthday's over and passed. And it wasn't, I mean, I swear it was probably a few hours after his birthday party was done, and he was already asking, how many days until Christmas? <laughs> and so we're like, okay, you can't ask that for for quite a while longer, we'll tell you. <laughs> Wait till after Thanksgiving, and then we'll then we'll start talking about days till Christmas. So is he impatient? You know, or is he just seeking information? I mean, he was fine once we would tell him the time frame again and help him understand. So once he understood the time frame again, he was fine. He wasn't worried. He wasn't you know wasn't worried about it again. He just needed to understand the time frame that he was looking at. And so how about us with our goals at work? Are we patient with ourselves? Do we understand the time frame we're working with on our goals? Do we, do we, do we have a measurement on our goals to make it so that we, that we know, if we're, if, we're for, you know if we're ahead or if we're behind? And how can we be patient with ourselves on long-term goals, right? The really long-term ones. How can we be patient with ourselves without becoming complacent? You know, how do we have patience without complacence? I love this quote by Don Meyer. He's a top college basketball coach for, for, for many years. I believe I've actually shared this quote in the past because, because it has made such a big impact on me. He says, complacency is the forerunner of mediocrity. You can never work too hard on attitudes, effort, and technique. So obviously, Don Meyer, he is talking about sports for the most part here, right? He doesn't want you to get complacent or you'll begin to be mediocre. You can't be a championship basketball team if you're complacent. You have to consistently work hard on your attitude, your effort, and your technique. And I like the ones he chose, right? Because your attitude, and this works in normal life as well, you got to have a great attitude. Your effort always has to be a high, high level of effort. And then you work on your technique, continually refining and improving yourself. Are your goals right in front of you? Are you being rigorous in your actions? In working on your attitude, your effort, your technique as you're trying to hit those goals? I talk about rigor in your actions. I love the word rigor. You know, Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, which I reference often, he talks about rigor and being rigorous in what we do. And rigor tends to have a negative connotation in, in, with some people. It's often defined as an inflexibility to a way of doing something. But once again, that almost sounds negative if you're inflexible. But, but rigor is not a negative thing when you're, when you're doing it in terms of the actions that you need to do to reach your goals. So... Being consistent in a rigorous way. It means being thorough, right? So in goal setting, I like to strive for rigorous rigorous patience. Rigorous patience. So being patient with myself and knowing that some of the best goals, the ones that are most worth getting in work and in life, require patience, not complacence but they require rigor, consistency day after day. 
it's a form of being almost actively patient. You know, we got to be patient even when things don't go our way because this will happen, especially with these long-term goals. Goodness gracious, you get a long enough time frame out there, so many things can happen that will pull us from where we ultimately want to be. I know this happens to me. I'll be super focused on my goal. And if I'm not careful, if it's an important enough goal, I got to have it right in front of me. But if I'm not careful, I'll begin to get complacent. And the reason I'm complacent is because I haven't checked in with myself. I haven't measured myself against where I want to be often enough. And then I get complacent. So, but first, you have to define what it is you're actually wanting to do. Either it's a goal or, or if it's a really long-term goal. We talk about ourselves and who we want to become as a person. When you talk about improving attributes in yourself, those are hard ones, right? It's really easy to know whether you hit the goal for the quarter or for the month or for the week where it's a metric that you're doing within your work. But what about learning to be more humble? Learning to be a better leader in very specific ways that you've defined. How do you measure these things? And what do you do? And once you decide how you're going to measure it, what do you, how do you check in with yourself to do that? My wife is so good. She's one who is always striving to be herself and trying to become who she sees herself to be and who she really wants to be, trying to be a little bit better every single day. And I love how she helps instill that same desire to our children and to me. And I know for her, it's always hard. I can't imagine being a mother, even with wonderful children like we have, always putting herself behind the needs of of everyone else. And I know it's one of those things that is always tugging at a mother. And it pulls at a father in even a little bit different way. But we all have the desire to improve ourselves, but also be the best parent for our children. So my wife, she's amazing. Like I said, she has the desire to enhance the best qualities that she has. She's also so great at helping with these podcasts. I don't know if I've mentioned that in the past. She's always one to help bounce the ideas off with me and help me refine my ideas. And and she's she's absolutely amazing. So she reminded me actually today of, of a quote. And the quote came from a man by the name of William James. So William James, he's an American philosopher, psychologist, and historian. And there's a couple of quotes I want to share from him. The first one is the one Angie reminded me of. He said, act the part and you will become the part. And so when I think of that, I think, okay, when, with these long-term goals of who we want to become, we have to act the part first, right? Even if we're not there yet, right? This often, I think this quote is probably shared most often in terms of, you know, people trying to manage their health or their weight, right? It's also been been in terms of, wealth or building wealth or money, those type of things. It's like, well, if you if you want to be more fit, then you have to do what fit people do. So act the part and you'll become the part. William James also said that every good that is worth possessing 
must be paid for in strokes of daily effort. Right? Let me say that one more time. Every good that is worth possessing must be paid for in strokes of daily effort. So that's something I think we all know. That is that is that daily rigor, once again, that rigorous patience. How do we be rigorous but also patient? Well, it's those strokes of daily daily effort. It's checking in with ourselves, checking in where we're at versus where we want to be, whether that's on a short-term goal or a long-term goal of just becoming the person that we desire to be. This all requires patience, especially in the trials that we have in life and work. It's never easy. But if it were, it also would be worthwhile. And we can do the same for ourselves and the same for others on our team at work, others in our family. We can help them do the same. You got this. Until next week. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Flavor of Leadership podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at flavoroflleadership.com. Thanks for listening.